Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jelaine. And today we're going to talk about RPG rules and how you learn to play a game. Yes. Maybe if Saul can read his own writing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we are in a golden era of RPGs. A golden era? Golden era. Are you sure it's not a silver era? No, it's golden. So the reason I say this is because I think RPG rules in a certain sense, have really uh, become a... Art form? Yes. And it, and people who are really good at it are being so correct. I think we are in a golden era because, you're right, RPG writing has become a art form and a skill that has been honed over years and years and years of, of people seeing how rules are written and, and being kind of like dismayed going god damn these rules are t hard to understand rules are hard to understand whether <laughs> it's a board game or um an rpg the rules are very important the way they're written because and learning them because people need to know what they're doing right and it's hard if the rules are convoluted so they have become more streamlined exactly i mean and this this is in every aspect of of rules writing whether it's rules for a, a board game or rules for a sport, you know, if you're trying to get write the rules of football or whatever it is, being able to, uh, and especially an RPG, because sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than a set of uh, a sport or even a board game, writing rules is an art form. You're right. And people, because they have all this history of RPGs that can, they can look at hundreds of RPGs and see how they're written. They can see, see and, and figure out, well, this didn't really work well in this instance, or this didn't make sense. So because we are 40 to almost 50 years into D and D, we have all this history of RPGs. Now this huge catalog of RPGs that have been written. And because of that, I didn't that, like the way that rule was written, so right. I'm going to do it this way. And, or or it was too convoluted, or it didn't make too much sense, or the terminology was kind of weird. So your your party buy, gets a new a new game, or you start playing an old game. Um, right. I'm going to give you two examples. One, Traveler. I don't understand the rules. I created a character for that, and it died. And <laughs> I created another character, and then... I had it took me um, three gaming sessions to figure out what I was supposed to roll, and you're only rolling two d6. But I didn't understand that you were trying to get an eight because I didn't remember reading that. I think Philip had to tell me like three times that what it was I was trying to do right. with my roll. And that's it, 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 those three little books, much like D and D, uh, the three little books of Traveler. They call it the three little black books. They were written in the, in the early in the mid seventies, let's say. And I'm telling you that Augustine and I read those read those rules to create our characters like six times, and both of us just looked at each other, going, "He goes, I think we're going to have to wait for Dad because I don't understand what it's saying." <laughs> so, so, so how the rules are written is very important. But he's pretty good at reading rules, right? He wrote. He started reading Pathfinder. Pathfinder was his thing. So when he was a little kid, I mean, he was. Seven or eight when he started reading Pathfinder and he was in first it. grade. Oh, first grade. Okay, even younger, uh, six. And so when uh, when we were playing Pathfinder, he became quite the rules aficionado. And 
later on when I, when Pathfinder was definitely our bag and we were running, I was running that and I was perfectly happy. Somebody gave me a D and D player's handbook for my birthday. Fifth edition. Fifth edition. And, uh, to which Saul stuck it into the shelf and well, said, <laughs> it was funny because I, I don't remember even sticking it on the shelf. I just left it like like on a on a pile of books. And my birthday's in August, and I don't think he even looked at it till like December. No, it was past that. It was almost in, it was past the new year, and he was bored one day, and he goes, "When did you get this?" I go, "Oh, I got it for my birthday." He goes, "Your birthday was like six months ago." I go, "Yeah, I don't want to switch over to fifth edition." we were playing Pathfinder and my shelves are full of Pathfinder books. And so he started reading it. He started reading it. And then and he goes, I like this one. He goes, oh, this is a good set of rules. You should, we should, we should play this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then, so he kept reading it. And then he's like, this is really good, dad. You should check it out. And this was like, what, 2016? No, it was before that. 2015. Cause it came out in 2014. So this is about 2015. Probably close to summer, uh, a good eight months after the rules have come out. And so he convinced me to read the rules, and I'm like, wow, this is really neat. This is a good set of rules. And now I have a bunch of 5th edition books on my shelf. <laughs> so, but the 5th edition rules were easier to learn because you had already had all the other rules for Pathfinder and all the other editions of D&D. Right. But I think another thing is is that they were just better better written. The way that they were written. And they were, like uh, we talked about in another episode, it w- they were streamlined. They cut out a lot of stuff. So it was an easier edition to read and an re- re- easier edition to understand. And therefore, it was an easier edition to, to play. But it doesn't, n- not all games in their new editions make the rules easier. Right. I'm speaking specifically of Shadowrun. Right. So fourth edition to... F- now I didn't. We didn't play fourth or third edition. I played first and second edition, and it seemed kind of easy. It was kind of complicated, but it wasn't all that difficult. So when Jolene found a, a old Shadowrun book, and she had never seen it, and she goes, "What's this?" and I'm like, "Oh, that's Shadowrun," and she was kind of enthralled with the background, right? Because you read the back of mm-hmm. the book, and it, and I gotta admit that I loved the background. I loved the setting, and I go, "Yeah, sure. You want to play that? I'll I'll run a game for you." So then I happen to look. I go, oh, the newest edition is 5th edition. I go, oh, 5th edition, the first time. Last one I played was 2nd edition. It should be pretty easy. Well, I don't know about easy, but from, let's say, I remember, again, I didn't play 3rd or 4th edition. So the jump from 1st and 2nd edition to Shadowrun to 5th edition was a leap of magnitude. Of, of, yes, great proportions. Of great proportions. In fact, Augustine said the other night when asked, how long did it take you to figure out the rules for Shadowrun 5th edition? What did he say? A year? He said it took Alan and I a year of reading the book and playing the game to figure out all the rules. <laughs> so it's one of those games where, because he knows the rules, I've read them and I've been very confused by them. I've read them several times. And my friend and I were talking about it the other night because we were in a Shadowrun game and we were trying to figure out the combat and, and, and stuff. Magic, wasn't it? Well, it was it was before the magic. Oh. Then when we got to the magic, his head exploded. <laughs> so, but but the good thing is is that once you do figure it out, it makes sense. But it takes a long time to figure it out. For me, it took people explaining it to me over and over again yes. because there's so many different things you have, so many aspects in 
combat or using magic or and the guns it's like it's like going back to charts because you know the guns have so many different i think i think it's just there's there's a rule for everything yes and and i think that really when when you go into that kind of mode as a as a, in a game it's really tough to remember all that information so unfortunately for shadow fifth edition it's a it's a game that a lot of people you can't really just remember everything in their brain and they have to look things up in the book and that book is 500 pages so no so for me that is a terrible example of a game to learn well this is the whole reason this episode was sparked because uh my friend mike was trying to figure out he goes how long should it take you to learn a rule rules right so I'm like going, what well, was Shadowrun? The good thing about the time that we live in is that, and I showed him the, there's a, a, I forget the guy's name, but on YouTube, there's a guy who has all of the, so I'll put it in the notes for you if you, if you need it, um, has all these little stick figure drawings and explains the rules and for fifth edition and how to do everything. Right. And that helped me because being a magic user for my first character, I had to figure out all that stuff. And Saul was like, uh, I'm not sure you'll have to ask, you know, somebody. So, <laughs> so I did, I asked YouTube and I found this guy who showed me all the different things you needed to know about casting a spell in Shadowrun. I would say that that was not a good set of rules, right? Because it's just really a burden to learn and I'm not sure if it's because it's the way it's written, but I think it's just the, just it's just too much. It's a, it's a huge set of rules, and there's a rule for everything, and there's a lot to take in, and there's a lot to remember, and it's just a lot to remember. So I probably wouldn't want a brand new player to learn to play a game of with, that much, with that much right. with that with that much like, without a streamlined cheat sheet or something. Yes, that. and that's like Pathfinder, right? I wouldn't suggest somebody who's new to the hobby and it, but it was done right people new to the hobby started learning learning path on pathfinder my son you know he started learning pathfinder when he was a baby or a little boy and it it triggered in my you know he's a math head so he likes math he likes you know he's taking advanced calculus in high school or whatever and it's not a big deal and he likes that whole calculation stuff but Still, I think most people are not like that. And so when you come up with these big tome of rules and sometimes they're, you know, I've had that problem with Shadowrun. It was where I read the combat section five times. I'm like, man, I just cannot wrap my head around what this thing is saying. And I'm not sure if it was my own inability to understand or if the rules were written a certain way that I couldn't understand them or a combination of both. But if you really like the setting, your friends really want to play the game, right. then and the setting is really really cool. So you take the hit of trying to figure out the yes. rules, right? Because, you learn them because you wanna because you wanna play in it. But should it be that difficult? My my friend Mike was saying it's really really hard to wrap your head around this and figure it out. And I'm like, well, they really like the game, so we kind of have to, right? Yes, because. This is what they want to play. And it's a really cool game. And I like the setting. So for that particular rule set, you're going to take the time to do it. Good, bad, or ugly, just because your friends want to play it. Uh, yes. So I, 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 this is a totally not planned question or anything, but and I'm surprised, Jolene. So would you play Shadowrun, the game world, if it was like 
a fifth edition iteration. Oh yeah, like oh, a, like 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 a you mean fifth edition D and D? Yeah, yeah. Using that set of rules, but playing Shadowrun. Yeah, but I don't know because it's not quite as complicated. Would you be able to do all the things? I think it would, you would need more like Pathfinder rules, <laughs> right? The, I don't know because everything has a everything has a a, a die component to <laughs> yes, it, I see, right? I see. So probably learning to play a, a game, Shadowrun isn't the, the top of the list of easiest ones to learn, right? And 5th edition does a good job of being streamlined and compared to other editions and stuff. So I think... But doesn't Shadowrun have one of those um, even easier streamlined yeah. set of rules? I forget it's what called it was Anarchy. called. Anarchy, yeah. I don't know if how streamlined that is. I, 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 I was tempted to buy it. Because after I delved into 5th edition Shadowrun, I was like, man, this book is huge and complicated. <laughs> and uh, But but it was like, you know, what was it? It was too late. Was, well, and the boys had already started yeah, I, reading the book. So. And my friend had bought the book. And, so, and, 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 and when, when, when three teenage boys who love to read rules and figure stuff out want to do it, then, you know, you're kind of stuck because that's what they want. Like I said, uh, in the golden era of, of RPGs, Shadowrun Fifth Edition kind of bucks that trend, and that's fine. Uh, there's there's people who love that system and stuff. And they come out with a Sixth Edition now. I don't. I haven't bought Sixth Edition. I don't really want to <laughs> buy Sixth Edition because I'm not sure if it changes much, anything much easier, <laughs> but or just changes things and makes it even more complicated for me. Rules, learning a new set of rules is it ease is greatly. Uh, made simpler by the system that is being used and and is made simple simpler or easier i should say by people who know how to write rules uh, i would say fifth edition is a very good example of a well-written system and because the fifth edition is done well you look at the sales of you're talking of about dnd now dnd fifth edition so dnd fifth edition is done well because of its lower barrier of entry. Now, other people will say, well, there's a, a lot of other mitigating circumstances why 5th edition D&D has done so well, and it has to do with critical role, all these actual plays that are out there people can consume and look at these people. And in fact, we was watching a video where people were saying that it's so popular because of actual plays, right? That has had, had a big deal, and they can see themselves or they can see regular people playing this game. They don't, they're not like these nerdy guys in the basement. There's women. There's well, people. they are the nerdy guys in the basement. They're just older now. And I think one of the main things they were talking about was the fact that one of the reasons the game is so popular now is because all of those guys who've been playing like you since the seventies yes. have brought their ideas to make it a better They've, it's always been a good game, right? It's always been good for you to play it right. and socialize and everything. But now people are seeing it played and stuff like that. So it makes it a little bit more f user friendly. Right. And and people people always I always have this idea of what a gamer who plays D&D &D looks like, right? And like Jolene said, they're in a basement. I hate to say it. We literally were. We did that. Well, yeah. As but teenagers. I, well, you didn't have a basement. No, I don't no, think. No. Well, the Blakes had a basement. Oh, uh, you did play in a basement. Yeah, yeah. I'm very little. I didn't get to play over there very often. But yes, I think we we did do that. But what what is is important is that there are, people are able to see that normal people play. That this idea of a stereotypical five or six white guys, you know, socially awkward 
playing in the basement or in grandma's basement or whatever. And that's not simply not true anymore. I mean, pe- regular people play regular people. You know, I say regular people, but everyday people play D&D and they come from all different walks of life and they're women, they're people of color. It's different than the stereotypical view. Well, I think that the stereotypical view has had to change because those those teenage boys grew up and right. teenage girls grew up <laughs> and they had kids and they wanted to pass on the hobby to them. So right. the, now as those people got older and, and became more, I don't want to say normal because they were normal <laughs> to start with. Just people stopped looking at them like they were total geeks. Well, right? yeah, there's there's that angle why D&D has been so well received, but also because the book is just an easier set of rules to read and to understand. And that is be- why another reason why it's so popular. And I think other other people who make games see D&D 5th edition and they go, wow, that's really popular. I see if uh, we write a good set of rules to start off with and we lower that bar- that barrier of entry for new players because they were talking about half of the new players to 5th edition D&D had never played D&D or had never played any, any role-playing role game. game. And that's huge, right? Well, I think it not only D&D, but if you think about all the indie games that have been coming up through the years... That has a lot of that influenced the way that the D and D writers wrote the or Wizards of the Coast wrote the new rules oh, for fifth edition. Definitely. So all of those ideas that have been coming through the the gaming community for years, especially with the indie games like, and I don't know, I can't, like Fate, Fate, and Tales from the Loop, and all those different kinds of games, right? Where they have streamlined everything to uh, to make it easier, and as you call it, the an easier way to enter the game. Yeah. So we're lucky in the sense that we have all these games out there that are well-written and people work and and hone their talents to write clearly and, and be able to convey what the rules are without being too wordy, without being confusing. And that only, that's only helpful. So when you sit down and, and try to learn a new RPG that barrier of entry tree is a, is a little less. That really complicated set of rules is, is are usually not there as as much. They're better written, and when you sit down and start reading a, a new book, it's super easy. For example, uh, when I sat down and read Tales from the Loop, I was like, "Man, this is really neat. This is really cool." And uh, how much I needed to figure out to play the game was minimal, and to the point where you know, I've talked about in the past, it was the only RPG that I felt comfortable having people make characters at the table at a con- convention. You sit down, you know, I have a... Because it wasn't going to be too time consuming. Right. I could sit down at a table uh, with six strangers and say, we're going to make characters and hand out the, the templates for the characters and boom, and make characters. Uh, Tales from the Loop was the game that I felt comfortable enough and I had only owned that game for a few months that I could make characters at a game called. <laughs> and when he decides to speak in English, it'll start again. Yeah, so I was really comfortable with uh, Tales from the Loop. So much so, that, like I said earlier, is that I was willing to let, not let, but make characters at a game called table, which I had never done before. Mainly because I was running space opera, and uh, that would be too difficult. But I hadn't even thought about it for 
for any other game. It's, even the first, it's the first game that you that you can actually that you felt that you could do it in the time constraints right. that you had, which is about fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would want to spend a, too much, no more than fifteen minutes. I would want to spend to make characters at a gaming table at a game con because you're so limited on time. Which brings up Free League. Free League is is a new publishing company now, and they're pretty amazing. They have a knack or they have people who make who write games that are uh, super easy to understand their the systems are really streamlined and i think any of the most of the games not any of the games but most of the games that they publish you would be able to pick up and read and make characters and understand the rules pretty quickly uh, Tales from the Loop um i know that they also do the Alien game Alien yes and w- what's another one Coriolis, the Mutant Year Zero. And the way that they do it, though, is the rule system is basically the same, but they adjust um, things, right? Like right. Which, how you how you use your dice to put stuff together. Yes. So they, they use dice pools, and it's basically a an attribute plus your skill. You add those two numbers, and you throw that many six-sided dice, and if you get a six, you succeed. And one of the other elements that they have is is there's always in that in those games uh, alien it was um stress was it stress the panic mechanic panic mechanic yeah, right so tales of the loop has something similar where if you fail fail then you're going to take a condition if you want if to. yeah so different different things happen but all the rules kind of have the same kind of thing so once you learn one then it's going to be easier to learn the rules for another right. system i was going to mention also like another game company that does rules really well and they're working with a easy set of rules. Is is a uh, evil, evil hat. hat, right? So they make fake core, which is a not a super simple game. It's a little bit more complicated. But they did come out with Fate Accelerated, and Fate Accelerated is really uh, a streamlined game, and that was be real easy to make characters at a table and boom, start play within ten minutes. And the rules are super easy to understand. I mean the. They just they just are another aspect you were talking about about making the game easier to understand and easier to pick up is using the same system right like fifth edition D and D now is has open gaming license and so other people are making uh, fifth edition using different the fifth genres edi- yeah different games different using games. the fifth edition game mechanic and so when you have that open gaming mechanic and you can port over the system. To another genre and a totally different game, but you know this how the system works already. It does make it for easier to learn. So that game. makes it easier to learn the rules if right. if it's the same publisher and they have the same kind of system, or Core if mechanic. they have an open license. Where well, there's can. quite a few companies where you were you mentioning earlier today was uh, the 2D20 system by Modifius. Now they have different iterations. Each game they don't have like a core mechanic or a core set of rules. What they do have is this mechanic, the 2D20 system, and they tweak it for every game, whoever makes the game. For, like, let's say Conan is probably the more crunchier one. Uh, There's another science fiction one called Infinity that's really crunchy. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have John Carter of Mars. And Star Trek. Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Adventures. And so you look at the different games in that system, using that same system and they they run from like I said from Conan to Infinity 
to Star Trek, which is a little bit easier to understand. And then you have, uh, let's say... Uh, John Carter of Mars. John Carter of Mars, and also uh, another game called uh, Dishonored, which is based on a video game. And th- th- that's that's the that's how they're spread, from really crunchy to really easy. But you understand the core mechanic. So when you open up that book, whichever book it is, as long as it's a 2D20 system and you've already played that one, you already understand how the game mechanic works. And both like Star Trek and um, Conan, you have it's it's two D twenties that you're rolling and then you have these dice pools of things that you can they call them what is it when you have extras? Well, they call it different things but but you generate momentum. Momentum. Yeah. And that gives you a dice pool of D twenties that you can add to your roll if you need to. And it's a really cool mechanic for those for those games because you can share that dice pool with right. all the people at the table right it's which a, sure, so so cool. once you learn the rules for that and you you know how to play star trek and then they give you conan it's a little more crunchy but you can figure out what you're supposed to be rolling for and and you know you, that you have these extra dice but the problem with those games is that when you use those dice pools or you want to do extra things then the gm gets their own little dice pool of either what was it it's like chaos or something and conan is called doom doom and i forget what it's called in other games but that doom is pretty cool and so basically it gives you it gives the the gm uh, a chip that they can do to mess with the characters just complicate the lives of the characters in the game so that kind of makes it easier learning the rules once you've learned one set of rules then you can just figure out you know what the differences are right the little quirks about each different setting has its own little rules another game like that is uh savage worlds right savage worlds is basically just a a game there's no setting Pick it's up, a system it's a system right it's a game rpg system and you buy other games that are settings like deadlands is a setting for savage worlds uh, airships and pirate. Another one that one of my friends that I, I know on Facebook is uh, actually played with him is uh, Scott Woodard. He made uh, Flash Gordon. I uh, would play Flash Gordon, and you've already played Deadlands. You already understand the game. I think that is really neat. Uh, a good idea for for making games easier to understand and making it easier to learn the rules. Right. Because once you know the system, then you can... And there's other systems out there that are trying to do same. Genesis uses the funky dice system from Star Wars. I don't know how popular that system is. I know people. some people really like it, uh, but I don't think it's as widespread as, let's say, Savage Worlds or uh, or as popular as Savage Worlds. That's what I'm saying. Well, if you have that for going for you, if you already know Savage Worlds and you're trying to learn Flash Gordon, then you already know how to play the game the only thing you're you're dealing with is the they call them setting rules right what what is the rules in this setting whether you have how's it different from the other settings right whether it has lasers or and but and that's just setting material right that's like window dressing that's how that's how it looks that's not the mechanic is still the same from a punch to to shooting a gun a ray gun or a blaster or a shotgun you know, it's all handled the same way, so you already know the system. All you have to do is learn what setting you're in, and that makes it easier to learn a game and to learn uh, learn how to play. So basically, you learn the system rules for some games, and then you can just change the settings. 
Correct. And I think that's a, that's a really interesting way of looking at making a, a RPG. And I think uh, when you when Savage Worlds came about, it was uh, there was a certain way they wanted their RPGs to go, which uh, their their tagline was fast and furious fun. Right? They wanted a game you can get into fast, meaning that the rules couldn't be super complicated. Uh, the furious it was like super fast paced. Another you no, know, you weren't you know stuck in the rules too much, and uh, and hopefully fun. Right? Which is all I have play. to say about that is that. You have to have a really good GM for Savage Worlds because they have to tell you what the constraints are of what you can pick for your characters and the setting. I think the settings helped you to do yes, that. Yes, that's exactly what settings do. But um, if you're looking at just looking at the rules, there's so many choices and different things that it's kind of crazy. So you would need somebody who knew what they were doing to help to explain it to you. Well, Savage Worlds does this like generic type of stuff, right? Something GURPS try to do. Right, but GURPS is much more crunchier system. GURPS is just rules, and it doesn't have an implied setting or anything. So it has rules for like computer programming, and then it has rules. You know, let's say a skill. It tells you how you buy that skill, how the skill works, what the skill does, and stuff. And then you have uh, computer programming. Then you have uh, swordsmanship. They so, don't go together, by so the way. So they may go together, right? You might be playing in. What is it? A space opera world? Oh, that's uh, true. World where people are a baroque space opera where people are, are dukes and duchesses and carry swords and and stuff like that. And okay, <laughs> who's a <the> ghost? <laughs> Usually in GURPS, you the the person who's running the game goes, "Oh, yeah, there's no, there's You're no." You're not using those. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. You know, so you have to pick and choose what what is allowed and what isn't allowed depending on what type of game you're running like if you're running a medieval fantasy game you can't take computer programming <laughs> you know i wouldn't even allow the player to take computer programming but you could be a real smart ass and say well you could take computer programming but it's not, it's not going to do you any good it's just losing point in that sense yes uh gurps and grips is a little bit more crunchier system because it tries to be more realistic so if people are new to role-playing games there are newer role-playing games that are like really easy and only have like 10 pages of rules i'm thinking of liminal which we just learned right and and well it was easier for me to learn since a bunch of gms were reading it reading the rules and they go oh and they're discussing it right with each other about what it means but it's pretty easy to understand even for me i even found the combat before saul could to figure out what you were supposed to do so so that makes it when the rules are easy like that some people might say they're too easy, but I think that it just makes it a little bit easier to, to learn the system, right? Oh, definitely. When, when you don't have to look up 20 things to know what you're doing for combat, when you just have to, when it says, oh, there's an opposing role, and you go, oh, okay, there's an opposing role. So so that makes it a little bit easier. And what are you rolling? That And it tells you right there. 2d6. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised at how much I liked it because I go, well, it might be too streamlined. It might be too simple, but it was there's just enough crunch for certain people that they can know. Oh, I get they can you. tweak their character yeah, the exactly, way they want with the traits, yeah. right? So uh, that is an example of a game and a system and an author who has a lot of RPG experience. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know the person. I don't know him personally. Uh, Paul Mitchner, uh, who created the game. I don't know how 
much experience in role-playing game he has, whether it's like me, he's been playing since he was 10, or he just started playing five years ago. But the guy knows how to write, and he knows how to write clearly, and his endeavor was to write a simpler game, and he totally succeeded. So when I when I start learning the rules of a new RPG, I got to read the rules, right? Everybody does. Right. The second thing I do is make a character right away. Because that helps you learn the rules. Right, it does. And so when you're learning how to make a character or you're making a character, you're figuring things, how things work. And then soon after that, I'll make at least two characters. And then I'll have like a mock battle between them. And then you learn the task resolution system. And then you really see how the whole system works. And once you've done that, then you just answer the questions that come up with when you're doing all those three things. I haven't done any of those things. I usually find a YouTube video to watch to see because somebody else is reading the rules so I can read it. And if I don't understand it, I find somebody to explain it to me. There's that. That's my way of learning the rules, but I wouldn't suggest that. If you're going to run the game, then you need to do what Saul's doing. Yes, you could watch a video, but I would wait. I would wait to watch a video on other people's opinions on how things work until after you read the rules. At least read the rules and make a character. Making a character should be... I remember when I was a kid and first got space opera. That's all I did because nobody, nobody had played before and I was going to GM. And so I was just making characters and making characters. And I must've made 50 characters before we even started playing. So I think it's very critical to you for as a new player or as a new game you're getting into is to make a character because it really unravels how everything works. Even if you make a crappy character, I mean, like, oh, man, why did I pick this skill or that skill or that doesn't work well? You learn from that and then you go, oh, OK, so that doesn't work so good. But you make another character and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. this guy is more competent or this character is more competent. Well, and most of the rules for RPGs, that's one of the main things is creating the character, right? And as you create the character, you learn what all the the skills are and what the people can do and stuff. And that helps you to understand because when you get to the combat mechanism or, <laughs> you know, you, you, one, you have to learn what the genre is and then you have to learn how to do the character. But in the process of doing that, you're going to learn the rules, right? Yes. But then you're not going to learn all the rules because you're always going to sit down because somebody else is reading them and doing their thing, making their character and looking at the stuff and they're going to read it, interpret it differently than the way that, that you did. That does happen, yes. And you might get into a little discussion as to what a rule means. And hopefully that doesn't happen too often. That just happens when rules are unclear. But like I said, I think most new games are much better written than they were 30 years ago, to even t t 10 years ago. Uh, look at uh, look at D&D 5th edition. It's, been a, it's, it's a much better set of rules, written rules. More sense, it's clearer than AD&D was in 3rd edition or any previous And since edition. these are RPGs and you're playing with other people, most of the time you're going to sit down and whoever's GMing or something, they might not like one of the rules and they might tweak it a little bit, right? Unless yes, they're those happens. rules as written people that have to have everything exactly the way that it states it in the book. Yeah, I would I would refrain from trying to change or monkey around with the rules uh before you even start playing or as right at the beginning mostly they've done that though when once they've played and they yes, figure out that it doesn't work right or they don't like it they don't like the way right. that it works but a lot of times it just just play with the way the rules are written that way you could see or you get a sense of how 
the game creator wanted the rules to be interpreted and played and just test it out. If there's something you don't like, you could always toss it out later. But I think. But if you're playing with a group and they've already changed the rules, then, you know, you're going to have to go with that because you're sitting at a table with people that didn't like that rule that you thought was really cool. You can fight for that rule. Well, and sometimes so. So, you know, it goes. We've seen the gambit of the way that rules are, right? There's yes. the old rules that we've figured out. And then there's Shadowrun, which was new rules, but it was like the old, old crunchy rules, right? Yes. So a bunch of old, older GMs looking at it going, I'm not sure what that means. And then discussing it with each other and figuring it out, right? Versus picking up Liminal, where it's like 10 pages of rules and the rest is character setting and all that kind of stuff and it was pretty easy to figure out but even then there were questions on because these guys are most of the guys i play with are gms right so they have questions they've read it and they go i wanted to know how this works i'm thinking what do you think right so you figure it out with your friends how to do it so it might take a little longer if you're playing Shadowrun. you'll have to figure you'll definitely need some some uh time to figure it out we ran across this when we were playing traveler right one of our we play uh, every Friday, and we rotate GMs, and we rotate games because of that. And w- one of our friends wanted to run Traveler, and we're like, okay. we had, Jolene had never made a Traveler character, and I, it had been literally 30 years since I made one. And I, in fact, I sold my books. It's sold, not a pleasant experience, I by sold, the way. <laughs> <laughs> Some people love that. Uh, I sold my little, my little box of books years ago. Because I just never thought I'd ever play it. And I bought the PDF of the th- little three-back books. And I just said, oh, read the rules. It should be easy. And they were reading the rules. And I, like, they were having a tough time making the character. And I remember reading And I wrote, read the rules again. I was looking at it going, man, I don't understand. I was having a hard time understanding what these rules were trying to tell me to do what to do. And even after we made the characters and we were playing, the whoa, I forgot what rule was. I don't know what the rule was, but I remember Felipe walked away from because we were playing on Zoom. He walked away and we're going, I'm not sure what this rule is. And when he came back, he goes, this is the way we do this rule. And and, the, <laughs> and, and everybody goes, okay, because, you know, it was Felipe. He's the, the GM. He wasn't the GM in the game, but he's run it, right? And he, oh, said, yeah. he said, this is this is what we did then and this is what we're going to do now and philip went okay and then we looked it up and discovered that people are still arguing about yes. this <laughs> yes there was there was they wanted they wanted clarity on this rule and and the, basically the two ways of interpreting were the two ways that they were trying to interpret two, there's two interpretations two, two different camps that argue both sides <laughs> like oh my god and what, it would have been nice if you know mark miller would just say oh no this is what it meant but that's that's the, the the joys of role playing game, right? You're you're figuring it out as you go, right? And you figure it out one way, someone else figures that, out another I way. Figured out that joy, but yeah, there's some people who love that stuff. So I think, like I said in the beginning, we're lucky in this golden age of RPGs where there's a lot of years of material out there that you can learn from, and hopefully, new writers, whether they're old fogies in their 70s who decide to decide to run a make a new game or new people new to the hobby who want to run a game they can look back at all these rules and say oh, okay and see what what works for them or what doesn't work what seems clear and what doesn't seem clear another thing is play testing you can give out your quick start set of rules or your basic rules and see and people can play with it and play testing and give you feedback hopefully positive feedback or just feedback constructive feedback i guess would be a good word and it, and you could utilize that to retweak your rules like i said 
there's a lot of games out there. There's a lot of games that are real interesting, and we can we can pick up a game nowadays and read it, make a character, and be playing within a short time. There you go. Good luck learning your rules. This is Gaming Perspectives with Angeline. You have a good day.